Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event. Fight fans worldwide, you've tuned into the number one undisputed boxing podcast today. This is the Boxing Breakdown. Now, your heavy-handed, hard-hitting host, Mark Roxy. What's up, what's up, what's up? Welcome to another edition of the Boxing Breakdown. This is your host, Mark Roxy. And thank you for being with us tonight. I am here with my partner in crime, Mr. Harold Hunt. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up, man? You looking all cool, man. Got the glasses on, got the hair flowing, the teeth all white. Boy, <laughs> who are you over there, boy? Oh, man. <laughs> Harold, Harold, Harold. Check it out, bro. Man, I, I've been, um, first of all, thank you for listening in today. Um, uh, Harold's commenting. If you are um, listening on Apple Podcasts, you can't really see what's going on, right? Because you're not on YouTube or Facebook. So uh, don't forget to join us on YouTube and Facebook, uh, and you will be able to see us live in living color. And what Harold's talking about is I've I've actually lost Harold um, 45 pounds, man. I'm down 45 pounds from January 5th, two months. How about Boy, that? Looking like a movie star over there. Looking like a movie star over there. Oh, you're, you are good to me. You are too good to me, brother. You really are. Thank you for saying that. Listen, and it's time for you and I to be good to our listeners and our fans yes. here on the Boxing Breakdown because we are here today and we have a lot. We have a great show for you. And um, I am sure that you guys have been <clears throat> watching uh, this past weekend, and uh, you've been following the news on Mr. Javante Tank Davis uh, versus Ryan Garcia. Uh, the fight is scheduled for April 22nd on Showtime pay-per-view, and this is going to be a mega, mega, mega fight. So we're going to chop that up tonight, and we're also going to uh, just do a little recap on the Caleb Plant uh, versus David Benavidez uh, fight. Um, those of you that saw it, you know exactly what happened. And uh, But for those of you that didn't watch the fight, uh, we'll be able to share that with you. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the scuttlebutt with uh, uh, Usyk and Fury. And then also touch on the uh, Jose Ramirez fight versus... Uh, Richard Comey and uh, what does Richard Comey do next? We're going to pose that as a question for you listeners. So if you're listening in and you want to get in the conversation, feel free to do so. You can just uh, drop your comments if you're uh, listening on Facebook and uh, we'll be happy to put them on the air and answer your questions. So with that being said, let's um, Harold, let's get into this uh, Javante Tank Davis Versus Ryan Garcia fight scheduled for April 22nd on Showtime. What you got, brother? Well, it is historic in the fact that there are two clauses that were put together for this fight. Uh, I've never seen it before, and maybe in the past it has been. But number one, there was a rehydration clause, which means 
you can only uh, you know regain weight at a certain amount. Uh, the fight is contracted at 136. Ryan's 140. So he's got to come down and make weight at 136. So that is a way to get the fighter, you know, where he needs to be so it's equal uh, in weight. However, Tank was applied a, that was the catch weight. He re, re, uh, applied a rehydration clause, meaning that at 136, after the weigh-in on that Saturday, on that Friday, uh, Ryan cannot get any more than 10 pounds. So the, the body's naturally going to take on that. Usually there's only one or the other. But this time he is draining uh, Ryan, making him come down to a weight that he's not naturally at. He's not at. He's not comfortable at. And he's saying if you do rehydrate, you can't rehydrate past a certain point. Now, the rehydration clause will cause a financial situation. Floyd dropped 300000 when he fought someone and he uh, rehydrated over over the weight. Floyd doesn't care about that kind of thing. So he still did that. With this, it's the same type of thing. In my opinion, Ryan is using it very wisely. He's going out to the public saying, hey, look, I've got to drain myself. I can't even do this. So he's telling the world, I can only eat three days a week. I can't drink water for two days. And he's getting the public to side with him in that he's being unfairly uh, 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 drained and, and, and the stipulation of the rehydration clause is causing him a problem. But it honestly, Mark, it's selling the fight. Uh, America loves a sense of injustice. America <laughs> loves the, 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 uh, the sense of, of someone being taken advantage of and they, they want to root for him in, in a sense. And in actuality, Mark, this entire thing is what boxing is. Boxing is a way to get you to get an advantage. In college football, the number one team pays the number two team, and they know the number two team can run that ball. Guess what? The field is cut longer, so the grass is longer to slow down that team. Certain things are done on every level to gain an advantage, and that is what it's all about. So that being said, it's, it's, it's quite interesting that all this is going on. Uh, a tank is saying this, and Leonard Ellaby is, is chiming in on it. Now, you know, he wants to say, oh, no, no, we're not making him do that. And then uh, Ryan's trainer is saying, no, we're not saying he doesn't have to eat and he can't drink or anything like that. So it's just a lot of good stuff going on here. So uh, I'm just happy to see it. Um, you could say Ryan's trying to make an excuse in advance if he loses. But if he wins, he has this huge platform to stand on. I was in fair, unfairly uh, uh, put in a situation, yet I still prevailed. Well, I mean, okay. So let, I mean, that was a lot, that was a lot to chop up, but thank you for that. And, <laughs> and I um, mean, you put a lot Sorry. out there for, for us. And um, you know, I mean, the first thing I would, I would just comment on, right. Is I would say that um, Ryan Garcia signed the contract. He really knew what he was signing up for. He knew exactly what this is going to be. Uh, he knew that the fight was at 136 and that he was going to drop those weight. Uh, I mean, those, those pounds, excuse me. And yeah, I mean, but he signed the contract. So he, he really does understand what he's doing. And I think that, um, 
I, I don't think the weight's going to really be that much of an issue for him. <clears throat> I think it's more, I, I guess what I would ask you, Harold, and the listeners as well, is what do you think about Javante Tank Davis putting that clause in the contract? What does that mean? What do you, what, is, are you making anything of that? Mark, actually, I think it's powerful to course in boxing, whether it's this uh, generation or three or four different uh, eras, this type of thing goes on all the time. It's right. not anything new. It's not anything special. It's just that in our age of social media and this and that and the other, it seems like it's un, un, unfair. Uh, you know, to to the casual or or to most a lot of people, it seems like it's unfair. But as you said, Mark, correct. He signed the contract. Uh, he, all his people knew what they had to do to get him in to, to fit those parameters. So it's all good. As I said before, it it helps to sell the fight. Oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I mean, listen. Well, first of all, um, I, I want to come back to that point of selling the fight. But before I go into that point of selling the fight, I just want to go back to what you said, um, which is about the rehydration clause and, and just really unpack that for the listeners and just say like, okay, well, I'm, I'm just going to pose this out to everybody who's listening in, right? The rehydration clause is not uncommon, especially for a world championship fight. <clears throat> I mean, it happens all the time. So the, the fact is, is that if the fight is at 136 and he has to uh, weigh in the next day, the question becomes, what time the next day does he have to weigh in? Because sometimes the weigh in on the following day could be early in the morning. They could have a, a, an exclusive time already contracted for the weigh in which they haven't revealed. But if the weigh-in happens at eight, it's a different story or nine. It's a dis different story if it happens at, than if it happens at five. But here's the thing. Then like overnight, typically a, 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 a you know, a fighter isn't going to really gain more than five, five to eight pounds. Uh, unless of course they're pigging out and they're eating, you know, a lot. Um, in, within the next, like with from the time they weigh in uh, for the next eight hours, they probably will gain about five, max 10 pounds if, 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 they're, if they're conscious of it. You know, I mean, there's all kinds of stories. We know that. We all know that. But the real thing is after he weighs in the following day, if he weighs in at 10 o'clock in the morning, he's got all day he's got, and they're not going to make him weigh in the next day because they're not going to stop him from having breakfast. So, you know, the way in, I mean, my guess is the way in is going to be before breakfast. I don't know. I, I don't know what I'm talking about, but what I do know is that it's not really that big of a deal. Um, particularly if the way, if the, uh, rehydration happens earlier, because, you know, throughout the course of the day, he's going to have breakfast. He's going to have lunch. So at the end, I mean, even if he gains 15 pounds, he can still gain those 15 pounds the following day during the course, the day of the fight or 10 pounds, right? So I guess what I'm saying is I'm not, 
they're making a big deal of all of this. But at the end of the day, as long as he gets into the 136 package, you know, the rest of it, the rest of it is kind of easy because he's just going to gain the weight throughout the course of the day. Um, you know, and I think there's something to, you know, Javante Davis asking for that clause or really mandating or his team at mandating that that clause be in there. Um, but I don't know. I don't know what to make of it because Javante Davis has fought many fight. Many of his fighters are bigger. Most of the guys that he fights are bigger fighters, right? Yes. So, you know, if most of the fighters are bigger fighters, I don't think he's really worried about uh, Ryan. I'm saying, I don't think he's really worried about Ryan Garcia being a bigger fighter. What are your thoughts about that? Yes, I believe he has no problem with that. It's just that the mechanism that he's attached to, uh, the Heyman and the Floyd and all of those guys who are history-type guys who've seen all of this come down the road, who's experienced it, have been through that, they understand how it works. And as they went through their own careers and careers of people that they have charge of, they see the, the benefit of, of applying these two pieces. So to me, it's just... Uh, like a really good lawyer who knows how to how, how to wrangle those uh, this and that and the other and, and to get you where you need to get, you know, to get off, to get off or get out or however it is. So I can only commend them for using what was available to them in the boxing world, which is the Wild Wild West and uh, making it work. As you said, Ryan, of course. Now, I love the fact what you said about they may weigh him in in the morning where his body is not even awake yet. You know, right. His, so if they weigh him in the morning, you know, from what I know of, of the human body, you know, it's not going to take on that weight yet. It's just not. It's just not awake yet. So they get him in there like like you say, nine or ten for the rehydration. He comes under. It's all good. He could pick up, as you said, Mark, he could pick up 20 pounds by the time fight fight time comes. So we don't know when I would know you would know because you've been through this so many times. I don't know when that rehydration weigh in will occur. So, yeah, well, uh, well, typically, as I said to you before, it will happen sometime throughout the course of the day. A lot of it depends on what the commission, you know, what, what the commission uh, schedules it, really. But <clears throat> it could also be in the contract. I would have put it in the contract. I personally would have put it in the contract. But I think that, um, again, Ryan Garcia is not probably interested in gaining 20 pounds. I, I really don't think that's the case. I think he'll probably come in. Um, you know, if it's 10 pounds, right. And he comes in at one, you know, the fight is at 136. So 10 pounds will put him at 146, right? He weighs in at one, you know, under 140, let's say he weighs in 145 the following day. After that, after 145, he's still got room for another five, 10 pounds. So you're talking about 155? I mean, my gosh. I mean, that's, it's still going to happen. And that's, I think that's the real, the real thing that you got to look out at this fight. You know, you got to really take a close look at the fact that Ryan Garcia is the taller fighter. He is the bigger fighter and he's shrinking himself down into that 136. But, you know, he's got, he's got the height. Um, how do those pounds, you know, 
factor into the fight? I really don't know the answer to that. This is a 50-50 fight, man. I'm I'm making this a 50-50 fight. I and I think that that's why right? That's why it's such a popular fight. Everybody's this has been the fight that people have been looking forward to all year long. They want we originally wanted. We've been talking about this on the boxing breakdown for years. Because we used to talk about, uh, you know, Teofimo Lopez, Javante Davis, Ryan Garcia. We had all those guys. Oh, and, and Devin Haney all locked up into the same category. And we, we were longing for these fights to happen. And now, a year and a half later, it's actually happening. And this True. fight is, I mean, I remember us talking about, go, folks, go back to the pri uh, previous boxing breakdowns. Anything that you see where you got Ryan Garcia, Javante Davis, Teofimo Lopez, you can go and look at those podcasts and you will see what we talked about. Because we've been, we've been breaking this fight down for a year and a half, maybe even a little longer. And, you know, I'm just really excited for the fight. Um, as I said to you before, Javante Davis um, has a full plate. Um, Javante Davis is a very intelligent fighter, super, super smart. His record is 28 and O with 26 big wins coming by way of KO. He's got a 92 folks, a 92.86% KO ratio. Okay. He's got an amazing KO ratio. Now, Ryan Garcia is 23 and 0 with 19 big wigs wins coming by way of KO. He's got an 82.61% KO ratio, not far behind. It's only the number of fights that makes a distinction and makes a difference in the, in the KO ratio. Um, you know, Javante Davis is from Baltimore, Maryland, shout out Baltimore, Baltimore, Maryland in the house. And then, um, you know, Ryan Garcia is from, uh, Los Angeles, California. So, you know, these guys are going to lock horns. This is going to be a very, very big fight. And here's the thing. What are the guarantees? These guys are going to make so much money. Let's break, let's break down the money. Okay, before we break down the money, I want to say one thing about your rehydration just quickly. Okay, go ahead. When you, rehyd when you rehydrate too much, it can be a detriment. It can slow you down. It can cause fatigue sometimes. Absolutely. Sometimes when you, yeah, you're right. When you don't rehydrate enough, you know, it can cause a problem. So this is, there's a sweet spot in there. There's a sweet spot. Yes, he could pick up the 20 pounds or whatever it is. And if he is overweight, he just pays some of his, uh, his, his, his purse. For each pound, he's overweight. Yeah. So as you said, Mark, it's going to happen. How much he's going to have to pay, we're going to have to see. How much the rehydration uh, is in his favor or not in his favor, we have to see. It's and not. just adds to the whole thing. Listen, but bro. Let's talk. Let's talk money because you know. <clears throat> well, yeah, I yeah. Enjoy the money part. No, I, but just but just to your point and, and for the listeners, so you know what we're talking about. <clears throat> Javante Davis five foot five and a half. He's got five and a half. He's five foot five. <laughs> and he's got a reach of 67 and an eighth. Okay. Ryan Garcia's got a reach of 70 inches. And he's five foot 10. 
So Javante Davis is giving up five inches in reach. I'm sorry, in height. And four inches, almost four inches in reach. Not to mention the weight, whatever the weight ends up being a factor in this fight. So it's going to be really interesting for Javante Davis what he's got to do. And if you go back and you look at some of his previous fights, you know, he he was, I mean, he was not doing great in the Roly fight. He was definitely not doing great in the Roly fight. Um, I was in the arena. I saw that, and I was thinking that Roly might catch him. Um, he was able to win, and he did win. He did sleep uh, Roly, but... You know, my point is the point. It wasn't until round six that uh, Roly Ramiro was out of there. But prior to that, Roly put up a pretty pretty darn good fight. Taller guy, right? Um, the other thing is uh, Hector uh, Luis Garcia. That was, I mean, that was a pretty good fight too. And they went. I was in the arena for that. Yeah. yeah. And so they went to the ninth round, right? It was a 12 round yeah. fight, but they went all the way to the 12, uh, ninth round. So now that's interesting. You know, it's interesting when you look at that. I'm bringing it up. I'm sure you listeners are thinking about it. And then the Isaac Cruz fight went to distance. Now he has a pass on the Isaac Cruz fight, obviously. Why, uh, why, explain know. to the listeners why he has a pass. The hand, he had to fight that gentleman with one hand the majority of that fight. So you must give him a pass because he wasn't able to drop that left hook, yeah, that power hand, because it was hurt. Mm. He had to win strictly on the right jab and the right hook, which was you know poetry. Now, yes, we know he's smaller than Ryan, but we have to go back into the history to see Tyson was always smaller. Tyson was always had the mm. shorter reach. Mm. Tyson always had the disadvantage of height and weight. Yeah. And everything else. And he was devastating. Yes. When he started losing, it was because he no longer put himself in a position to use those attributes and he stayed outside. Right. And he got picked apart. When he did lose, he got picked apart because he wasn't in the mode that he had been successful for previously. Right. So I don't see it as a detriment to, to uh, a tank at all. No. Because he's still in his prime. Mm -hmm. He's still going to fight the way he fights. And Ryan is, may have all those attributes, but it hasn't bothered tank in the past. Yeah. Yeah. No, I do. I don't disagree with anything you just said. Not at all. I guess, I guess the only thing I'm saying is like, you know, even if you go back to um, June 26th of 2021, when Javante Davis uh, squared off against Mario Barrios, Mario Barrios um, took him to the 11th, you know, I and mean, that was a pretty good fight too. I mean, you know, I mean, arguably, you can argue all of it. Leo Santa Cruz got into the sixth round with him. Um, I don't, I, I wasn't. I didn't really like that fight too much. I thought Javante uh, Davis dominated that. I'm just, I'm just laying out for the listeners what we're talking about here. And yeah, Javante Davis, uh, Tank, if you're listening, then what we know 
right? Is you're like, you probably got commentary on all of this. You're like, no, nah, I, I beat that guy, beat that guy, beat that guy, slap them all, slap them all, slap them all. I get it. I really get that. What I'm saying is Ryan Garcia, man, he's got that sweet spot. He got that sweet check hook, that sweet left hook. What do you make of that, Harold? Well, it, it's, it's quick and it's off balance and it comes through. You don't hardly, you can hardly see it. There's, there's nothing to it uh, as far as his, his wanting of it just comes out. Yeah. It, it's beautiful. It, it is beautiful. Okay. Yeah. No doubt about it. And if he, if he catches you, anyone is going to feel it and, and may go down. That's, that's the case that that can't happen. No doubt about that. Uh, as I did my own film study, yeah. I watched how uh, a tank uh, handles a left hook. Now, some of them that he's people he's been fighting, they, they don't come across as clean or as quick or whatever, but he naturally has a defense where he does it involuntarily and he tends to block that left hook just because of the way he fights. His fundamentals are there where his hands happen to be up. Even when he's attacking or when he's going back or he's attacking, he just happens to keep that, keep those hands up. I've seen that. Now, I looked at Ryan and I looked at Ryan when he was knocking people with that left hook. They were on the attack and they didn't even expect it would come out. Now, right. he landed that on some fighters and they blocked it a few times. Eventually, he was able to whip it in there before they could really block it. But they did have the understanding that that is a move you have to have when you're, you know, you know, when, you, when you're engaging, come out. Now, Mark, I know you can better tell me how that, me that mechanic is, is applied on a regular basis involuntarily. But from what I see on my side, my understanding, yeah. I think he'll be able to, 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 to block that thing. And of course, they're going to be looking for that, but it will come. He will get hit with it. He will, he will. But I think that he's going to, minimize that. And if he can take it once or twice, I really think he's going to do what he needs to do. And as far as the body is concerned, if he gets inside on anybody's body, it's, it, you know, he's got good work to do. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I could comment, I can comment on that if you'd like me to. I just, I just, oh, absolutely. I think stylistically, Harold, I think that stylistically here, what you've got is, yes, Javante Davis is a dog on the inside. There's no question about it. He's got that rear uppercut. He's got uppercuts on both sides. He's got overhands. Um, his body work is great. I mean, he's, he, he's got a lot of tools in the tank. That's why they call him the tank. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a lot of tools in his tank. There's no doubt. In, in At a step, when he's close up, when he's right up in the pocket, he can do a lot of really, really good work, especially if he's got you on your back foot. If he's got you going back, uh, there's a lot that he can do. If he's got you up against the ropes, there's a lot he can do. Here's the thing. Coming in and going out is a significant problem for Javante Davis. And I know they know this. It's a problem because of that hook. And it's also a problem because of the straight right hand because People don't talk about Ryan Garcia's straight right hand, but he does have a nice little chopper of a right hand. He throws it nice and straight, and if he clips you off that shot, he could get you. He could catch you good. Um, but that left hook is a problem, man. It's a problem. Everybody knows that that left hook is a problem. And the, the other thing is, 
we haven't really talked about the coaching staff, Harold. The coaching staff is significant. Yes. On both sides. And Let's go with Goosen first. Goosen oh, first. Oh, well, go, well, so the thing is, it's <laughs> like Joe Goosen um, is, is, really, is really a talented coach. Tactically, strategically, he knows boxing. He knows boxing. Folks, folks, do not take the coaching staff for granted. Because Joe Goosen is a very, very skilled, skillful coach. He knows the game inside the and out. And I think there's some going to be some, some of this fight is going to be won by the coaching staff. I'm not, they're not. It, just quickly, mm-hmm. just quickly, let me add to it. He's been with Ryan for many, many years. Please go ahead. No, no. I mean, you're absolutely right. And um, Tank's coach has been with him since I believe when he's seven. I think he started with him when he was seven years old. So these guys know they're fighters. And as much as it is a fighter's fight, and it is the fighters in the ring that are going to make this a major, major pay-per-view, I think the coaching staff here is going to do meticulous, amazing uh, research, and their coaching is going to be on point, both of them. And as much as it is about the fighters, it's also about the coaching, because these guys have skills that pay bills on both sides. And, you know, with that being said, this pay-per-view, I believe it's, it's like an $85, roughly $85 pay-per-view. They, cha- they try to change the price. <laughs> How so? Just reason. Um, I was reading briefly before we came on air that there's a possible uh, price hike. So I don't know if it's been solidified or it's just in the talks or is a rumor. I didn't get that far in the information to really bring it to light. But I did read clearly that there's a possibility of a change of price due to whatever uh, red tape or whatever they could possibly find. I don't know. Yeah. So I'm going to speculate any further. Well, what I was something that was said, what I will tell you, Okay, this is taking place at the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, so it's a major, major venue, major event. I think the $85 fee is kind of steep for for especially the fact that, you know, the economy's really not doing that well right now. I mean, look, it wasn't doing well in COVID. We're just never doing well. You know, we're not winning economically. Um, but that being said, you know, $100 is kind of... The predicted price, it was kind of predicted somewhere around a hundred bucks, ninety nine dollars, yeah. ninety nine ninety nine, something like that. But I think um, if they're gonna make, if they're gonna lift this price, first of all, y'all need to get your tickets right away, or it, if you can even afford a ticket. I mean, I think ringside is what Harold, you got your ticket to ringside. I think it's like fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> you got your yeah, seat. Yeah. Yeah, I was able to, to get that, you know, and that was that was a cut rate price right there. So, uh, you know, <laughs> and I'm sitting behind the ring post, you know, but uh, yeah. I'm still there. I think I'm going to be, I'm going to try to get a job putting the ring together and I'll just stay under the ring for the fight. 
Uh, yeah, it's fifty thousand dollars for a ringside seat, man. That's crazy. These guys are going to make so much money from this fight. Is all I can say. They really, I mean, they'll probably make what one hundred twenty million dollars off this fight. Yes, but you have to look at Floyd said. Floyd said this guy can put together these kind of numbers and surpass me. Yeah. And this fight right here is going to be the first one to surpass him. It's it will. testament. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, man. I listen, I'm excited for Javante Davis. I just, you know, it, it just really, and, and his trainer, you know, I think of these guys coming out of Baltimore, Maryland. Um, they, they both have had it hard. They both have had a very hard upbringing, man. That's not an understatement. Um, and I'm definitely not overstating it when I say that they're both deserving of this opportunity. This is like, you know, they really, really deserve to be making this kind of money. I'm, I'm really just happy for them. I think it's, it's an amazing opportunity for two fighters, a fighter and a trainer on both sides, on both sides, both teams. Um, but it's just a beautiful thing to see that they can get themselves into a position where they can make life-changing money, not for just for them, but for their entire families. This is a huge, huge win for Javante, Team Javante Davis. It really is. And, and also for Ryan Garcia as well. Uh, these guys, you know, we, we know what it's like to be a fighter. Like I work with fighters all the time and I have for many, many years and the fight business is a really, really hard business. And to see these guys being able to do this paves the way for other guys, but it just really is what every coach and every trainer, any, anybody in the boxing industry dreams of what these two are going to do in terms of the numbers from this one fight. And what comes after this is superstardom. So I'm I'm really happy for them, man. I think it's it's a it's a blessing for both of them, you know. For boxing as a whole, because the fans are going to be clamoring for more fights of this type of magnitude. Oh yeah, more uh, fans are going to want to pay for unification or pay for uh, popular fighters to to get together, uh, whether there's a belt involved or not. There's not a belt here. There's not a real belt here, yet it still is garnering this type of attention because of, of, of the players in it. So I'm thinking the next three to five years, we're going to see some of the biggest people fighting, oh, yeah. whether there's belts involved or not, due to this fight here. And the the, the trilogy that, that Fury had with uh, uh, Deontay kind of opened the door for that. Yeah. You know? No, no, these, I mean, this is, this is like the beginning of something big for real, something, something big. And guess, you know, and of course, Joe Goosen's right at the helm of it. <laughs> it's amazing. You know, it's amazing that these guys are, um, you know, in the position that they're in. So good for them, man. Good yes. for them. And, yes. and, you know, I mean, there's us too, all of us too. Yeah. One of the things we didn't break down Harold in this particular uh, fight matchup is the the level of opposition that they both have faced, 
you know, and I think it's, it's worth noting. I mean, what are your thoughts or do you have any thoughts on the opposition that these two uh, have, have faced and who's well, faced say, the better opposition? I must say, as you said, he didn't look uh, especially dominant in some of those fights because he was fighting some really quality guys. Uh, Tank was. Tank Davis, No yes. doubt about that. No doubt about that. He fought some really great guys who, who you know, did not, they were not intimidated or nothing like that. And they, they put their best foot forward. And he had to break them, which he did. Uh, Ryan has had some decent opposition. In my mind, maybe he's only two fights that really kind of, you know, uh, worked him a little bit. Yeah. You know, he was knocked down. He got up and he, 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 and he, won, he won that fight on a knockout, and which was very impressive. Uh, I think he had one other fight that I think he had some opposition. I can't name that situation. So he has yet to do that. However, he hasn't been in any kind of wars uh, in, a, in a sense, whereas Tank has been in war. I'm mean, not in war, but he's been hit. Yeah, he's oh, been yeah. hit cleanly a lot of times as he's doing his his work. But then he takes you. He ends it so abruptly and so violently. Right, you tend to forget that he was hit quite. A, I mean, somewhat going into that 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 conclusion. No. I think you bring up a really good point. I think that the opposition, the level of opposition, not taking away from either fighters, both fighters, you know, anytime you get in the ring, it's, 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 it's serious business. You know, anytime you get in the ring, but I think to your point, you mentioned Garcia, uh, Ryan Garcia was down in the Luke Campbell fight is the fight you were talking about. Um, and, yeah, that was in round two where uh, Campbell got the knockdown and then Campbell went down in that fight um, in round seven, I believe it was. Yeah. So so Ryan Garcia was down in the fight. Uh, he has been down. And as far as the opposition is concerned, you're absolutely right. They walked, uh, you know, Ryan Garcia has had a very, very different walk on paper. Uh, to Javante Davis. I mean, Javante Davis has fought, you know, Eurokis uh, Gamboa, uh, Leo Santa Cruz, Mario Barrios, Isaac Cruz, Roly Romero, Hector Luis Garcia, and, you know, now coming up against Ryan Garcia. So he's had a very significant um, level of opposition in the last five or six fights. Um, Ryan Garcia's fought uh, Romero Duno, Francisco Fonseca, Luke Campbell, Emmanuel Tago, uh, Javier Fortuna, and now Javante Davis. So, you know, when you put that uh, side by side, you know, it does kind of feel a little different in terms of the opposition that they face. Not to take away from the skill sets and the level of fighter that you're talking about. Both of the trainers are excellent trainers, and both of the fighters have excellent skills. Um, Sometimes I would point out that the level of opposition doesn't always indicate the level of the fighter. I agree with that. I agree yeah, with that. Sometimes you can, you know, you don't want your fighter to get beat up or, or damaged before he gets to the big money, before he gets to the big fights. And so you walk him a little bit different. Sometimes, you know, the, the philo philosophy would be, uh, you know, we need to test, we need to battle test our fighter to make sure we got what we think we got. 
as we walk them up. And so there's just different philosophies about how that works out. And at the end of the day, both of those guys have ended up facing one another square, you know, square nose to nose. So, you know, it's going to show up on the 22nd. We're going to find out on the 22nd about this fight, Harold. Yes. I reserve, uh, the, the breakdowns, we've done it so many times. And each time I think about how their styles contrast, I, I see some more points. And I know that we have a while before this fight happens, so I'm, I want to hold on to that. But I have some really good points that I recently uh, got yeah. from watching both of them. And uh, uh, it, it, I think it's, it's really significant in the, for the fans to know these things and to see that they're either significant or not. Yeah, and they'll make up their own minds because, you know, well, the one thing about our industry and the one thing I'll say about the listeners on the Boxing Breakdown is we have great listeners. We have, you know, boxing, the boxing fans are very passionate fans. And most of them, like, like you know, a lot of times you hear people say, you know, uh, people, you know, the casuals don't know blank about boxing. And I get that. Because nobody's going to know what we know. Nobody's going to know what trainers know when you're inside the ring every single day, working with fighters every day. You have a different perspective on the entire industry. Um, but I think that the boxing fan tends to have a good idea. Um, <clears throat> and if they don't, they know where to get the information to figure out who they think that is going to win. So, okay. you know, we have a smart, smart contingency of people that, that, you know, support the sport and follow the sport. Um, but also, also Mark, also Mark, you know, I, you do what you do. I've done I've, what I've done. I've done some major fights or whatever, but I scored the fight the other night with my brother. He's not a boxing fan at all. He doesn't know anything about it or whatever. And he goes on the human instinct, human instinct. Right. Who, <laughs> who won that round? I mean, who beat up the other guy? Right. And that's where the casuals enjoyment comes. They don't need to know what you no. know. They no. don't need to know what I know. You know, they're the ones who are going to buy tickets. But basically, from a human standpoint, they can look at one round and they can say, that guy won the round. This guy won the round just because of the human instinct. And I think that is what drives our sport. Yeah, we learn it. Yes, we know what we know. I know from a professional judge standpoint, and you know from what you've done, and you judge amateur, and you do it all. So we have our understanding, but the casual is the one who, uh, that's kind of derogatory, casual, but the, the average fan or whatever you want to say, they're the ones who drive it and they're the ones who exude that passion. And they're the ones who are not trying to really understand exactly what's going on. So I sit there with my brother and we scored the fight. You know, I said 10 is to the winner, you know, nine is to the loser. And he simply just looked at each round as a fight. Right. And it was great to, 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 to feel that, that, unencumbered, basic, primitive uh, look and understanding of the fight. And that's why I believe this fight is so exciting to all, to everyone, because there's somebody going to look at it and say, hey, that guy won the round. Hey, that guy won the fight. And and that's what's going to be exciting. So, yeah, we can throw down the points. He backs straight up. He does this. He does that. They may hear it and whatever, but the bottom line is... <laughs> Yeah, we're kind of ruining it for them. 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, so are you, are you, um, willing to make a prediction on this fight, Harold? Well, we're going to have other shows before the actual fight, of course. So I must reserve some of my information and some of my thought presses because it, it's going to change from time to time because I'll keep studying the film and this, right. that, and the other, and I'll have this and that and the other. So uh, if you want to just go on the outside right now where I'm leaning, uh, where I'm leaning, where I'm leaning, uh, I'm not even going to say, Mark, because I'm going to throw it right back at you. What do you think, sir? Oh, man. So... <laughs> my my off the hook i'm off the hook yeah you're off the hook i'm on the hook man i i am going to have to say to you all right this is what i'll say i'm going to be partial here or impartial rather i think that javante davis has all the skill sets to get you know to take care of business He's, a, he's, you know, I, I, when I say he's a dog, I mean, this guy can fight. This guy will get in there and bang you up. And he's willing to go where, where people, you know, he, he's been places that most people have never been. He's got that. He's got that. And that plays a lot into the fight plan. And what he's able to do. And, and as I cited earlier on in the, in, the, in the show, I talked about the fights that he had that went, you know, to round nine, to round 12, to round 11, to round, you know, those fights that he had that I mentioned against Barrios, against Isaac Cruz, which went to the 12, um, the one with Roly Ramiro, which only went to six. And then, of course, the uh, Hector Luis Garcia fight. All those fights... Javante Davis was able to find a way to win. And I don't think he was just like lucky in all those fights. I think what you're dealing with is a really brilliant fighter who knows how to come up with the proper answers to the puzzle. So I have to say that I'm, I'm leaning toward Javante Tank Davis. But Ryan Garcia has the size, he has the height, he has the reach. He has a lot of advantages here. And, it, and he has that amazing hook that could neutralize coming in and going out for Javante Davis. So, you know, I want to look a little bit more as we get a little closer to the fight. I mean, we're about what? A month away? 45 days. Four, okay, we're 45 days away. I want to come. We're going to come back to this, and we're going to address it in a later show, and I'm going to get into what I'm seeing because we're going to see. As I will also. Yeah. And, and as we see, the breakdown is going to reveal who will come up with the victory, just like we did with the Caleb Plant fight, which – I think we should just touch a little bit on um, as we round out this episode of the boxing breakdown, which is Harold, what do you got on the um, Caleb plant fight? Tell me, tell me what you saw in that fight. Well, that was the exciting fight uh, thus far. Uh, the run up to that was 
Excellent. I mean, it was great. Uh, the 24 seven that they had, they had the one episode, uh, that was really informative. Um, the, the situation where he's married and he has, has another child. And then you have, uh, 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 Benavides in his situation and, you know, how he lost the belt a couple of times and this and that and the other. And then you had the genuine animosity between the two that was, that was clearly seen in, in all the press conferences and uh, some of the private stuff that the, everyone hasn't seen. So it was all there. The actual fight itself, Plant learned from his demise with Canelo. Yeah. He knew exactly what to do. Now, some of my boxing friends or whatever across the country, they say, oh, well, he looked, he, uh, but Benavides wasn't sharp. He was sharp. He just uh, wasn't able to get into the rhythm that he likes to get into. Uh, and uh, as we know, he, he, he uh, used the boxing uh, neutralizer. He, he, he grabbed them. But to me, Mark, the best thing was after he grabbed them and he was broke and they broke away, Plant was always first. When he stopped being first after the clinches is when he got himself in trouble. But prior to that, he was first and he stopped Benavides' game plan. He, he constantly made him reset, constantly made him reset constant man reset and not get into any rhythm. So I thought that was brilliant on that part, but you can't stop a man with that kind of power. And uh, we saw that. And uh, yeah. I just thought the fight was, 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 was great to see. Yeah, no, it was great. I mean, I think that, um, you know, David Benavides is just a really tough competitor. Again, when we talk about spirit and we talk about, you know, like this belief, this feeling that you just believe that this is going to happen. Um, I saw no cracks in David Benavides all the way through the, the lead up of the fight. You know, he just, he just seemed to be really, really focused on winning the fight. He came out from the beginning of the fight and, and that's what he did. He just, he really, he, <clears throat> all the way till the end, you know, he, he just uh, put on a great performance. And as you said, you're not, you're not talking about fighting some tomato can. You're talking about fighting the elite of the elite in that division. And David Benavidez stepped up. He did his work. He got his job done. And, you know, he comes out with another victory and onward and upward. And uh, I am sure we're going to see Caleb Plant again uh, in the future. But but certainly hats off to David Benavidez for a really well-fought oh, well fight. A really well-fought fight. He, he fought well. And he was, he was, uh, he was, uh, muted some, you yeah. know, he really couldn't get into what he needed to get into, but he found a way to get to it eventually. But the game plan that was put on him from plant, it, it was effective and it was effective, uh, 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 pretty good for a good while. Yeah, no, absolutely. It was, it was. And, and you know, again, 